this is a this is a risky Sunday to preach. Yes. <laughs> with uh, with so much uh, amazing talent in the room, um, we're so grateful uh, once again to everybody who's participated in putting this worship service together. If you're if it's your very first Sunday at Greenwich, it's like this every single week. Okay. <laughs> This is what you should prepare your expectations for. No. Um, it's also risky to preach in the book of Revelation. And uh, we're going to look at Revelation 5, if you want to turn there. Um, because there's a lot of uh, baggage that comes with the book of Revelation. There's a lot of imagery and artwork and uh, amazing scenes that are created and there's a, a little bit of risk in trying to parse out and figure out all the details. So today we're going to read all of chapter 5, and I want to encourage you to think of the scripture as a song. Think of the scripture as a song. So instead of thinking about what, does, what do each of the little individual things mean, think about how does this move me? What does it make me feel, or what does it help me to understand? So I invite your attention to the Word of God. Lord, as we read your scripture, we pray that you will open our hearts and minds that we might uh, understand who you are in new and fresh ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Scroll and the Lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah... The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever 
and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Should we say amen? Mm. Amen. Amen. So how does reading that make us feel? What are some of the emotions that come to mind? Don, what comes to mind for you Mm. when you hear that? Um, Intrigue. Intrigue, okay. Because there's language that we don't always understand um, about seven spirits and seven eyes. There's there's Mm -hmm. some mystery, a little bit of awe, Mm -hmm. um, and frankly, a little bit of what we experienced last night. I'm thinking, I wonder if it was like that. Yeah. Just the falling down, uh, the immense presence of God. Exuberant joy and kind of this sense of triumph, like this thing that we've been waiting for has come. Um, When you look at the passage of Scripture as a whole, at the beginning of it, there's this longing that's introduced by the question, who is the one who's able to open the scroll? And no one could open the scroll. And it, John, John is, so, the, the writer the, that sees this vision is so moved by that longing mm. to open the scroll mm. that it leads him mm. to tears. Yeah, he's weeping. He's yeah. weeping. Um, the problem in this vision is that the scroll needs to be opened because without it, the story of what God is doing in his creation mm. isn't complete yet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, Um, there's this expectation that something is supposed to finish this story and we don't know what the solution to the problem is and so this this longing is introduced and if you think about the way music is formed or the way artwork is formed longing is introduced any great story Mm. any great song any great piece of artwork there's something there that makes you yearn for more Mm -hmm. right or there's something that makes you yearn for more and then brings completion. Have you ever been listening to a song and then whatever mm. device you were playing it on cut out <laughs> and it didn't finish? Does that bother anybody else? When you can't hear the end of the song? Some songs are written intentionally so. Or something like last night and you don't want the night to end, yes, right? Absolutely. Lon, how many times, I can't see where Lon is right now, but Lon, how many times, is, I just don't want it to end. Can it just mm. keep going? There you are. <laughs> Over the course of the last uh, number of weeks, if you've been with us, we've been talking about mission. And we tried to set it in the larger context of not just our mission as followers of God, what we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God, but that God actually has a mission. That the entire scripture, the whole story of what God has has been doing is God accomplishing his mission. Mm -hmm. And God's mission is to redeem these people that are lost, to overcome and correct sin and brokenness and the death that comes as a consequence of people turning away from him. So whatever whatever human experience you have had, and all every person in this room represents a very different story, within your story, there's longing, right? There's, um, There's brokenness. There's sin that's in you. There's hurt in the lives of other people who are around you. Yeah. But it's the longing to be whole. And so I don't know if you all figured out, we've been saying Christ is risen for the last seven weeks, right? <laughs> We're still in Easter tide <laughs> right. tradition. Next week is Pentecost. And so... And so we're still extending that Easter message, and it's, it's the cross and resurrection that makes us whole, 
and then we proclaim that, that message to the nations. So. Right, and so when, when the scroll is opened, who is it opened by? Hmm. What, what's the yeah. significance of yeah. that, the lamb that was slain hmm. and the... The Bible doesn't make sense without Jesus. Hmm. The Bible does not make sense without Jesus. He's the one who takes all that we read and go, because at that point, the Bible was the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. If you'd say it that way. Mm -hmm. How many of you try to read the Old Testament? It's really clear about third chapter in, right? You know, Leviticus, you know. The scriptures only make sense when you go, oh, Jesus is the one who makes sense of scripture and of history and what God is, is doing in the world. So the memory verse that we've been looking at, Behold yeah. the Lamb of God who takes away the sin it's, of the world. It's in your bulletins there. Our kids have been memorizing it this yep. month. Behold the Lamb of God, which is the same image that, that's here in Revelation, who takes away the sin, of the sin of the world. Jesus is the one who opens the scroll because he's the one who makes a way for God to accomplish his ultimate mission, to, to complete his purposes. So you've got a note here about music and fulfillment. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, music does something in us that words alone can't do. I believe that, that God, one of, the, one of the aspects of being human, being created in the image of God, is this capacity for music to move us and to, to kind of complete the wholeness that we long for. So when, when John sees this vision, it's not complete without song. Mm. without music, mm. you know? Mm. So the lamb uh, is able to open the scroll, and, and what's written on the scroll is this message that because of what he did on the cross, because of Jesus' death, because he's the lamb who was slain, every tribe and nation and people can now come to God. What is the response for all of heaven mm. to the opening of the scroll? Mm. It's music. Yeah. They 24 break. elders fall down. The thousands of angels start singing. Everything in earth and heaven, under the earth and the sea start singing. Worship in the kingdom of heaven happens because Jesus accomplishes his mm. mission. Mm. Because Jesus lives, all of creation breaks into beautiful song. And um, music is kind of an interpreter for us. So uh, has a song ever brought you to tears? It, it may have brought you to tears today mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. If not, maybe by the end of the service. Mm -hmm. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> but has it ever filled you with joy and kind of been the, the bridge to something meaningful that happens in your heart? Music is kind of an interpreter for our hearts and our minds and our souls. The longing that we experience often gets fulfilled in music and in other kinds of arts. There's a great new art gallery out there that also... Um, speaks to this. People who are created in the image of God are moved to worship. We're moved to sing when we see God accomplishing his, his purpose. And there's something about beauty. I think So God, God made us to experience beauty, and when we experience beauty, we are moved. It could be physical beauty, the, the visual arts. It could be um, aural beauty, I guess we could say that, music, um, and then our hearts are moved, and we often have a deeply emotional uh, response, mm -hmm. and that's what's happening. Uh, that that's what's happening in heaven. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember too: the Book of Revelation is a written word, but what John is describing is really an experience of worship. Mm. 
So he is putting into words something that can really only be fully understood when it's heard, hmm. when it's experienced. So he's giving a foretaste in writing of what worship in the kingdom of heaven will be like when we all get to hear this beautiful song that, uh, and we all get to participate in singing this beautiful song of praise to the God who created the universe and the world, created us in it, and even redeemed us in our brokenness because of what Jesus Christ So it would be like asking those who were at the concert last night, hearing some of those pieces, God of heaven or our God is God, and then try to go home and write down what that was. (laughs) Right. Other than saying it was cool and awesome and wow. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to, to describe, you know, the instruments and the, some people sent pictures of the beautiful sky. If you saw that, it was after the rain, the, the, the pink and blue and the, uh, the, you know, hanging against the cross, so. Mm-hmm. This is why when, when people wonder about why is it that it's so important to Christians that we gather for worship. Yeah. Well, it's not only to sing, but it is to experience in community. So tell me what we're getting ready to do right now. <laughs> So we're getting ready to worship once again, and so I'd like to invite Joseph Martin uh, once more to come and lead the choir in song. Don and I have been working really hard on this.
Wow. Uh, this is an all-time first, the choir breaking out in song in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> Susan, what is it? More music, less talk. <laughs> what we have just experienced is a perfect expression of Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 is a gathering where there is a scroll representing the word of God, and as that scroll is opened, in the middle of the sermon, if you could say it that way, the lamb that was slain opens the scroll, the preaching of Jesus Christ leads to spontaneous worship. The 24 elders fall down, the angelic host begin to sing. Everything in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea begins to sing, and... Did you notice there, people, every tribe, every language, every nation. Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking about the Great Commission uh, for the last six weeks, I guess it is, right? Since uh, Easter. Right. And had an aha as we were thinking about this. The great end of the Great Commission is to gather people for the Great Choir. The great end of the Great Commission is to gather people from every nation, tribe, and tongue for the Great Choir. That is why we preach. That is why we give. That is why we send. We talked last week about being the sending church. We want to see people from every land, every nation, every tribe, every language. We want them to experience what we have come to experience. There are people who don't know what we're talking about. There are people who don't understand the songs, Joseph, that you write and Heather. That you, there are people, a lot of people, who don't understand any of this. There are people who have never heard the name of Jesus and don't know that he offered his life on the cross and that he came back from the dead. We're so used to it, we forget that there are billions of people. And so that is why we ask you to give. That is why we send. That is why we commit to go to the farthest corners of the earth. So the great end of the Great Commission is to gather people from every nation and tribe for the great choir. And so that's what we are... So in, in some sense, we are reenacting what just happened. It's probably not reenacting. Is the future? That's it's, the challenge. It's is the, it the future, future, but we participate in it now. I mean, it just, you know, one of the verses says, when the elders fell down before the land, each one had a heart harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. When we gather for worship, when we pray, when we participate in the kingdom of God now, by, as we speak, as we share the message, and as we participate in God, we're participating in the heavenly worship that will come now. So we are in the throne room right now, friends. You all are that angelic choir. You're an earthly representation of the thousands upon thousands of angels. The prayers that we offered and blessing over our children arose before the Lord and arise with the prayers of all the saints. And the word is being read and preached. And so 
Uh, Joseph, thank you for writing that anthem. We, we said that's going to be a perfect right in the middle. But we're not done yet, friends. We are not done yet. And so why don't you pray for us, yep. and then we're going to do some more singing. Lord God, we lift before you the worship that is in our hearts. We're so grateful for the, the artists and, um, and talented folks that lead us in worship. But all of us participate in this choir, and you are preparing a people for yourself from every tribe and language and nation and tongue and family. And um, we are so grateful that you've called us into that, and we pray that you'll use us to sing our song to the world around us, um, that other people might also come to know and see who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.